To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations for from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. How Tesla is faring in the new EV price wars. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. It is Friday, which means it's time for our Week in Review, Marketplace Tech Bites. On the show today, shares of Apple touched a seven-week low this week after Barclays downgraded the company. What the dreaded sell rating says about expectations for the Cupertino tech giant. Plus, telling AI from reality might get easier in 2024. We discuss tools that can help with that and other personal tech to watch for in the year ahead. But first, goals are good, and at the start of 2023, Elon Musk set an ambitious one, a plan to sell 2 million Teslas by the end of the year. The company did fall behind China's BYD as the EV sales leader for the first time, but it came pretty close to that sales goal with 1.85 million deliveries. That compares with 73,000 EVs sold by Ford. That's if you round up. That grim comp came to us courtesy of Joanna Stern, senior personal technology columnist at The Wall Street Journal. She told me there's a phrase she is hearing a lot lately when it comes to electric vehicles. People don't want EVs, they want Teslas. And obviously that comes down to two things. One, price. Two, charging. Tesla has this superior charging network in the U.S. especially. And so those two things made Tesla the top pick for many EV buyers. That's right. And that was one of the key incentives was this, uh, you know, six months of access to fast charging if you picked up your delivery by the end of December. But the formula seems pretty straightforward here. They cut prices. They were able to boost sales. Of course, that's going to hurt your margins over time. So do you think this is a sustainable approach for Tesla? Because the EV market is starting to feel pretty crowded right now. I think it's sustainable because of now the scale that Tesla has. The the companies have to figure out how to manufacture these cars at a lower price that is going to let these go mainstream. That's also, I think, a little bit of the story of 2024 in EVs and also for Tesla is we've been in this early adopter race around uh, EVs, but now we need to move into the mainstream audience being able to get these. And so I think Tesla is well positioned, probably still the best positioned to do that. 
Yeah. Well, the elephant in the room with Tesla is they're standing with federal regulators right now here in the U.S. There was this government probe that led to the recall of more than two million vehicles last month. This was to stop uh, people from misusing its autopilot software. This is the driver assistance technology. And it sounds like the updates are not getting very good reviews. Consumer Reports, for one, said that they don't go far enough in terms of stemming misuse and, uh, and driver inattention, which was really the whole point. Yeah, and I, I think this is a place where there's this mistake. People think that Tesla is far and away better on self-driving or driver assistance than some of the traditional car makers. And in my tests, and uh, there was a great piece by um, Tim Stevens in uh, TechCrunch, I believe it was over the holiday, he looked at these services from Ford, GM, um, Tesla, and he did not believe, and I, in my own testing, I did not believe Tesla has that superior feature. And part of that is this, the trust, right? Those systems have to be highly communicative to the driver. What is happening? What is going to happen? And let me know as we're going, as I'm turning on these systems, where, when are you in control? When am I in control? And that's where Tesla's fallen short. They have tried with this, this software update to make it clearer. I have not tested the new software update, so I can't really talk to, to what they've done there. But I can say, and you know, going back to Ford, when it came to my decision earlier in 2023 to decide between EVs, I, I went with the Ford. Um, I liked it for a, a few reasons above the Tesla. Certainly charging was not one of those reasons. But I did like the driver assistance better on the Ford. They have something called Blue Cruise, and, it's, and it works really well. And this is for the Mustang uh, that you that you leased last year. Um, how are things looking in terms of charging options for the year ahead as you're able to plug into some of those Tesla systems? I don't think it's going to change drastically, but I am very excited for it. You've got Ford, Rivian, GM, others, which will now be opened up and will be able to charge not all Tesla stations, but some, uh, many in 2024, but you'll need a special dongle. So I do not think it's going to be as good as pulling your Tesla into a supercharger, but it will definitely give people more options. Well, Joanna, I wish you a year devoid of range anxiety. Here we come, 2024. We're going to move on to Apple now. The company's stock touched a seven-week low this week after analysts at Barclays downgraded Apple. I would love your read on Barclays' reasoning, given that you are in such close touch with consumers. The big concern here seems to be that demand for Apple products is just going to stay weak going forward. Yeah, this is, and this was, we started to see this, especially towards the end of 2023, around the annual uh, last quarter uh, upgrade cycle around the iPhone. And that was not as strong as it's been in past years, but predicted. People were not, this has all been sort of predicted. Um, but this is the challenge for Apple, right? It's, it's, uh, the iPhone, the business is built around the iPhone. It is built around the services that are connected to the iPhone. When you can't keep selling those iPhones at the rate that they have sold them and you can't keep upgrading them at the rate that the upgrades and the technical upgrades have happened, what happens, right? What happens to the business? Apple, under Tim Cook's leadership, has just done an incredible job diversifying that, uh, whether it be services, whether it be the integration with Mac or iPad, certainly AirPods watch to a degree. Um, so they have this ecosystem of products. It keeps people in their ecosystem. I think one of the interesting things that's going to happen in 2024 is some of the breaking of the walls of that ecosystem, Apple being forced by regulators to do some things that I don't think will have a large effect on people leaving the ecosystem, but may make it easier for people to use non-Apple services. 
Since we're talking about Apple, I want to talk about a recent story that you investigated really over the last year. Uh, and the video was published a couple of weeks ago. You traveled to Minnesota and sat down with someone who is serving time for stealing iPhones and passwords, which really gave them the keys to the kingdom in a way that I really didn't comprehend until I saw your story. Access to credit cards, bank accounts, crypto wallets. Um, what surprised you the most as you were reporting this story? So I started reporting on this story about a year ago. And at that point, I was just shocked. I mean, I started hearing from victims, people reaching out to me because they knew I covered Apple and, and covered personal tech and, and security and said, how could this have happened? I My phone got stolen. And the next thing I notice, I'm losing thousands of dollars from my bank accounts and I can't get back in my Apple account. And I'm thinking, huh? Like must yeah. have been some cloud hack, maybe some. And so um, me and my reporting partner here at the journal, Nicole Nguyen, started digging into this and we realized, wow, these people are, these thieves are stealing the phones and the passcodes and the passcode being the number of the digits you put on the outside of the phone to get in. Sometimes face ID fails and you've got to put that passcode in. And so once you've got that passcode in iOS, you can really unlock everything if a user has set things up that way, which is no fault of the user. Apple encourages it. You put your passwords into Apple iCloud. Well, what unlocks iCloud? Your passcode. Uh, you want to change the password to your Apple ID account that has all your photos and videos and notes. Well, how do you change that password? Well, you use your passcode. And so thieves, somehow, I don't still don't know how they all figured this out. Clearly, uh, good news to them or bad news travels fast. And across the country, people have been carrying out these crimes. And I've talked to now, I've heard from hundreds of victims over the last year. Yeah. And Apple did make some changes in response to your investigation. Yes. In December, they announced something called stolen device protection. And this is something that will come out in iOS 17.3, probably in a couple of weeks or months now. And you'll have to turn this on, but it will protect you if you're out of your house or at a place that you're not usually at. And it will make making changes to that Apple ID a lot harder. So it means that if a thief were to steal your phone at a bar where this is often happening, it, that that person who got your phone wouldn't then be able to use the passcode to do a certain amount of things. Uh, they put up a few roadblocks to that. Yeah. Also, do not store your passwords in your notes app, people. <laughs> that was one of my big takeaways from here. It's your... so funny how many people <laughs> have said that to me, that yeah. that being one of the big takeaways. So I'm really happy we kept that in. We will be right back with more of our review of this week's big tech stories, including personal tech to watch for this year. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. We're back with Joanna Stern, senior personal technology columnist at The Wall Street Journal. Um, we're going to stick with personal tech for our final topic. Uh, as we move into 2024, what's going to be the hot personal tech? I'm dying to know what you are most looking forward to on that front. I mean, to bring it back to Apple, I am very excited to to get my hands on the Vision Pro. And that is the, the mixed reality headset they announced in what was it? They announced it in June of 2023 and uh, said would be available in early 2024. And so I've long covered this space of virtual reality headsets and augmented reality headsets. And 
it's not been a space that has gone mainstream. Um, I don't expect this to be a mainstream product. It's priced at $3,500 and we don't yet quite know what you're going to want to use this thing for. But I think that's what's exciting about this is that it's the start of this journey. Tim Cook has said that what they're calling spatial computing, putting on this headset, being able to see your windows and and, uh, apps and and, uh, take photos with this thing is the start of, of what they think is the future of computing. So I would say I'm I'm excited about that. I don't think it's going to make, as we were saying, it's not going to make a huge dent in Apple's sales or stock price. Uh, and I don't think it's meant to. It's not meant to. This is this is them saying, "Hey, we're looking towards the future. What comes after the iPhone?" And we have to talk about AI as well. There were these yes. photos of a bull walking on train tracks in New Jersey that went viral. Listen, seeing weird stuff on the train in New Jersey is part of the experience. I know I have been on NJ Transit, but this one really stumped people as we were trying to figure out whether they were AI generated or real. Are we going to have better tech help to to you know help us sort through that? I think that's the hope. I mean, I think that's the the story of the next year is that we, in our minds, you know, as we've gotten used to these AI tools and you see the crazy and almost super real things they can create, you're, you see something that you think is real and you think, well, that has got to be AI. I mean, that's truly how I feel when I saw that AI, <laughs> or sorry, <laughs> I saw the bull. It was a real bull, a real bull on the train tracks in New Jersey. Um, and so, this year, what we're hearing from companies is that they are trying to work on technology to make it clear what is the real original source of these images. And so there, there's the arguments coming from um, companies like Adobe that are leading a, a new type of standard and others that what needs to happen is we need to have transparency around every image that we see on the internet. So that means if I take a phone, a photo on my iPhone, well, then we know we, that that's a photo from the iPhone. Um, of course, for this to happen, we need lots of people to buy in. I think we're going to see more people buy in, more companies, more platforms buy into that this year. One other thing that uh, OpenAI has promised is a, is, a, is a way to tell if um, images made by their image generator, Dolly, are AI generated. So I hope we see that this year. But I think we're going to still be fooled. That was Joanna Stern at The Wall Street Journal. You can find the full video of this episode of Marketplace Tech Bytes Week in Review on our YouTube channel, Marketplace APM. And subscribe if you haven't already to watch us every Friday. Jesus Alvarado produced this episode. Rosie Hughes and Daniel Shin also produce our show. Gary O'Keefe is our engineer. Daisy Palacios is our senior producer. Kelly Silvera is our executive producer. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.